Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Welcome to episode 43, all the chips of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. What's going on? What's up, Sean? I'm here. We're doing it. It's happening. <laughs> I'm on the road again, so enjoy the terrible audio quality. Oh, uh, it is what it is. Uh, welcome oh, to the show. Wow. <laughs> We're talking over each other big time. Yep, you're on the road again. There's the de- de- delay. Delay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a weird delay whenever you're on the road compared to when like you're in one spot. At least I could tell on this end. I don't know how the show sounds. There's a delay? <laughs> I'm going to punch <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, man. I just finished uh, actually um, Concealed Carry Radio on the Firearms Radio Network. I just did a show with Zeke and Nick from the new television show, uh, Man of Arms. And uh, it was pretty cool uh, listening to those guys talk about the new show. It's pretty cool. I can't. Uh, I've watched the first episode. Can't wait to watch the second one. It's like they have people build sl- guns and knives at the same time. So it's it's a new gun related television show, which is cool. Guns and, and knives at the same time. At the same time, uh, what did they do? Uh, they built is there a, a delay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you suck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, great for those guys, and uh, we'll probably be talking. Really cool. Yeah, we'll probably be talking about them during the season. Um, I know Zeke, I know Ashley. They're two of the cast members. Nick is uh, one of the sniper guys that uh, wrote a book. I think it's called The Reaper or something like that. But he was a sniper in Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, but what we did was pretty cool over the weekend. Hey, Sean. What happened over the weekend, buddy? I don't know what happened. I don't know. Something happened. Something with Jesse. Jesse why did you, something. Why do you always count on me to bring, like, the mega enthusiasm with the minimum? Why can't you ever be the one screaming? I, I just, I wish you wouldn't put such a burden on my shoulder. <laughs> Jesse Strakowski, new champion of the Minimum Challenge. It was unbelievable. Jesse Strakowski was absolutely dominant. Throughout the competition, and not only that, but he was taking photos the entire time as well. <laughs> I just wish once in a while you could bring some energy to this. <laughs> I not expect so much from me. I'm in a total upset. Angelo Yacon knocked out in a first round elimination. It was unbelievable. Jesse Stratowski finishing strong, leading the path, and dominating the entire competition. <laughs> Maybe occasionally, Tony, you could you could step up your game just a little bit, uh, or at least bring me a lozenge for my throat. Oh, I'm just being lazy, man. I'm sitting back letting you have this entire thing. I'm just rubbing. <laughs> I'm over here rubbing fingerprints off my Marish Polish 357. I'm just sitting here going, this is pretty. 
And Sean's insane. Sean's <laughs> just like I wanted him to. Now I have time to clean guns while he screams and hollers during the podcast. Oh. Dance monkey dance. <laughs> dance monkey. Dance. Being your puppet. Give me another banana. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you a banana. You don't Finish eat that Finishing strong in a minute of on the 22 short to 50 BMG. Wait, wait what? Yeah. Is there a delay? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to have to change the name of the show to Is There a Delay? From all the ships. So it was pretty awesome, right? Um, from start to finish, it was it was a really good showing. Uh, I hate to say it, but we had more eliminations over uh, minor scrubs and disqualifications than we did people actually getting beat out in the competition. So um, really interesting. Unfortunately, Greg Ward had to drop out of the competition for whatever. He had something going on, couldn't make it. Uh, sent us a message the night before that we had already planned our elimination challenges throughout the event, right? So with six competitors going into it, we had five uh, five different events to narrow it down to a single winner uh, with the low score being eliminated each round. Well, with Greg being out, we already had six or the, the five challenges set up, so we just kind of ran with it. Um, the first one was presented by Joe Savio from Modern Material. He brought some AR-15s, and it was an AR-15 challenge pretty straightforward. We decided to forego an elimination on that first one and to the, the second round with the pistol caliber carbines, also provided by Joe Savio of Modern Material. And that one, uh, in, in a shocking upset, eliminated last year's champion, Angelo Yacone, right off the bat. Uh, very, very disappointing, Angelo. You've let us all down. My wife lost a lot of money on you. Well, I... <laughs> yeah okay no, it was good and and you know Angelo's a great sport and kind of came into this going yeah I, I, he told me flat out he goes I feel like last year was a fluke but I'm I'm going to compete so is what it is uh, third round was that was our, our Oh, Rimfire Cowboys. Hold on, right? hold on, hold on, hold on. Third round. Okay, second round was the uh, PCC. Uh, right. Yeah. Albert That's where Angelo got eliminated. All right, and then we went to C to C to Shining C. Really? Yeah, that was the uh, yeah. Rim, we were going to call that Rimfire Cowboy, and then you threw in the thirty thirty on top of it. So we started with the single action army or the Heritage Rough Riders version of the Single Action Army in 22. Right. Then we changed up to the Henry Lever Action, the Frontier, uh, Henry Lever Action Frontier uh, in 22 Long Rifle also. And then you jump right over to the Marlin 3030. So the challenge there is obviously uh, three very distinctly different kind of triggers, two very distinctly different calibers, uh, adjusting to different kinds of recoil, all that really, really small sight pictures, right? Because they all three of those have, or at least the two rifles have buckhorn sight. And then the revolver just has a front blade and like groove and a, a top strap. So it, yeah, really small sight. Um, everybody did pretty well with that. Uh, unfortunately, 
that's where we eliminated Armin Vartsvedian because he jumped the gun on the timer. Um, we were starting off with the, the single-action revolver on target, and he decided to uh, touch the trigger just a little bit early. And with a single-action, it's really, really light. So he ended up touching off around before the, the beeper and got himself DQ'd on that one, um, which broke my heart because Armin has been really competitive through the whole thing, a great sport, a lot of fun. And it was kind of sad to see him go out on a DQ like that. Right. And Armin competes in, in other handgun stuff. And I was kind of like, dude, of, of anybody, that should not have been you. And it made me sad. So that narrowed it down. And uh, Alan Wong, Jesse Spitowski, and Ray DeJour moved into the fourth challenge. East meets West. East meets West, right? That was my custom 1911 and your SKS. In the Matador Arms Sabretooth Mark II. Sabretooth Mark II, yeah. So that was cool. Again, major transition. What I what I learned on that one is that most of them don't seem to shoot 1911. <laughs> uh, Jesse was the only one who I think connected with any 45 ACP rounds at all. Um, now, granted, they're they're three inch targets at 15 yards. Um, but when you're shooting like a foot low and don't adjust, I'm going something, something's off there. So, and that gun, that one's also a custom 1911, so it's got a pretty lightweight trigger on that too. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that kind of threw people off. But if you don't shoot a 1911 uh, and you're, you're shooting other stuff a lot, most people tend to shoot a 1911 low and left. Well, if you only, if, if your idea is shooting a pistol and the top of your game is shooting a striker fired pistol, which all three of them do, you're, not, you're nowhere close to a custom 1911 trigger. You're just not. <clears throat> and, and that bit them all in the butt because they didn't have that experience. And, and that's what this is about. This is about. So that one, I want to say, came, came down to time. Right, and uh -huh. that was one where Alan was eliminated based on time. Uh -huh. It was kind of—I felt like it was rough. I don't feel like anybody really put up what I felt was like a, a blistering pace on that one. <laughs> um, when Alan eliminated, Jesse and Ray went into the shootout for the uh, the title, and um, we had a little bit of a hangup because. It was two single-shot break-action rifle. One was a uh, H&R 1871-22 that we loaded with. Uh, we gave them two rounds of 22 short. So kind of the smallest bullet we could get our hands on. And then they moved to the second table where they shot a Serbu RN50 50 caliber BMG single-shot break-action rifle. So 50 BMG. Kind of the biggest round we could get our hands on. Um, and that one kind of went a little haywire too. So in, in the first run, uh, Jesse did not, I'm, I'm just going to say nobody paid attention to how I told them to load and unload the 50 cal. So when it came time to shoot the second round, Jesse was unable to, to pull the first empty case out. 
and was just doing all kinds of stuff. So we called an audible there. I showed them how to unload the rifle a second time um, because there, there is kind of a trick and a technique to it that unless you do it, nothing else is really going to work um, because you're talking about a, a pretty substantial uh, brass case wall expanding into the chamber and you're not going to just yank that out with your fingers or even a pair of pliers. So um, to kind of even that out because Jesse had already gotten one shot off, we let Ray shoot one round out of the 50 cal on his target just because I kind of felt like Jesse had an idea of where it was hitting and we needed to make that even for Ray. So Jesse ran it the second time, put up a good time, and Ray was up. And at that point, uh, I think a couple of people stained their underpants. <laughs> because Ray manipulated the 22 short really well, got over to the table, and keep in mind, this is a single-shot break action with a chamber cap. So <clears throat> the back end of the chamber, when, when you hinge it open like you do with a normal single-shot break action, you have to unscrew the back cap of the chamber and remove it. You put the round in, you put the cap back on, you close it, and you cock the hammer. Once the hammer's cocked, it's ready to fire. Well, we set this up to ensure safety, right? Yeah. Everybody was told you get on the gun, you stand up, you load it, you close the gun, you cock it, you sit down and fire the gun. Thankfully, that's exactly what Ray did. So when his thumb slipped off the hammer as he was cocking it, and he cooked off around, it went straight into the dirt. Um, unintentional slip and, and misfire, right? Yeah. So that was kind of a, a brown standing in the underpants moment. If you've never seen an accidental discharge of a 50 BMG, it's, it's, it's earth shattering. Um, but because of the safety protocols we put in place, it was not a tragedy <laughs> or even anything other than an embarrassment for Ray. Sorry, Ray, but we're talking about it. Um, Ray realized he messed up, pulled the round out, put a fresh round in, got on target, and fired a second shot. Um, obviously, at that point, uh, whether you want to call it a misfire or an AD, um, we're going to call it a DQ disqualification, and that ended the competition with Jesse as our champion for the 2018 season. Um, the other thing that was kind of cool is we had a much bigger prize package this year. Hey, hold on a second. Year. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What we're going to do is going to come back. We're going to talk about the prize package, our sponsors, what's happening next year, and some things happening in the news. Be right back. Yeah, I'm in. Welcome back to episode 43 of the Second Inch for Everyone podcast, All the Chips. Sean was about to go into not only our prizes, but our sponsors for the Minute Man Chip Holder Challenge Championship. There you go. <laughs> the Minute Man Challenge Minute. Chip Holder Championship 2018. Uh, yeah, so Jesse walked away with a pretty great prize package. We had a high-speed daddy tactical backpack. And Whoopi donated by High Speed Daddy. Uh, we had uh, an extended magazine release and ambidextrous safety from Timber Creek. Black Bag Resources put in a set of pro rears 
uh, ear protection, some eye pro. Um, trying to think of what else I had in that. Some magazines from Mission First Tactical, uh, and then Joe Savio from Mission or from Modern Materials came over with a barrel, uh, a free-floated C-Mod handguard, a set of the brand new Howard Light electronic earmuffs. What are they called? I cannot think of the name of those, the, the brand new ones. I mean, they're just out yeah. now. I, I don't think they're even released yet. Yeah, but Joe got us to hook up on that. Um, he, put, he put a whole pile of stuff down. He had patches from Hollow Sun. He had, God, there was a ton of stuff there. <laughs> I feel like I'm just it's killing me. Um, yeah. So yeah, he it, did. Was, it was good. So we, we totaled it all up and retail value somewhere in the ballpark of like 800 bucks. So pretty cool. Oh, foam action sports shooting block. Um, geez, I'm trying to think of what else was, was on the table. I'm trying to picture it. Uh oh. But hold on. Yeah. Also, we have uh, the Dead Man's Hand training cards from RE Tactical. They put those in. Uh, Brownells had donated a, a cap, so they got a Brownells baseball a trucker cap. That was it. Oh. And um, <clears throat> got patches from Firearms Radio uh, Patriot Patch Company. It was a Firearms Radio Network uh, patch and sticker from Patriot Patch Company. That was pretty cool. Uh, There's a ton of stuff. If, if you want to know what it was entirely. Uh, oh, what? Oh, ballistic advantage barrel, dude. We can't forget that one. Well, yeah, I said you'll put it in a barrel. I'm... No, barrel no, and not, just not just a barrel, a ballistics advantage barrel. Yeah, sweet barrel. Not just your run of the mill. Here's a fifty dollar barrel. No, this was over three hundred dollar barrel. It was a bead blasted satin finish, sixteen inch heavyweight. Yeah, sexual Tyrannosaurus barrel. <laughs> yeah, it was just not a barrel, but yeah, so it's awesome. Um, Joe really stepped it up, knocked it out of the park. Uh, high speed daddy, yep, really yeah, helped. Right, right just, wow, speed daddy hooked us up. That bag yep. is by itself is a hundred dollar bag. Um, the Woobies go for like 50. If you don't know what a Woobie is, you can look it up. It's a, it's a Military Pocto Liner. It's basically a totally kick-butt wilderness blanket. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's great for camping, keeping in the car, having a picnic with your loved ones, you know, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> so it was cool. It was it was a huge prize pack, and I was kind of Angelo a little bit that it was a heck of a lot more than what he got last year. And uh, <laughs> Dan Inger from NJ Concealment Furniture is going to do our uh, trophy plaque again this year for Jesse like he did for Angelo last year. So once I get that from, from Dan, uh, I'll get it out to Jesse. But yeah, Jesse the Phenom Stratowski taking season two of the Miniman Challenge as our grand champion. Awesome sauce. Now, <clears throat> we've been working on it, and we've been uh, putting in work to get sponsorship for the Minuteman Challenge, just so we can have some great prizes for the Chip Holder Championship. So, who's coming in next year, Sean? Uh, we're leading off with one of your all-time favorite fi um, firearms manufacturers, High Point. Yep. Right. <clears throat> mm -hmm. High Point has donated 
a high point nine millimeter carbine, the nine nine five nine millimeter carbine. That's going to be on the table next year as the prize during the chip holder championship. Also, high speed daddy has stepped up. Yep, and they've donated. Yeah, so Craig, Craig is, has promised me uh, at least a bag and possibly some of the new products that are coming out that he hasn't announced yet. So I'm not going to disclose them here, but he's. He's got some new stuff coming out fourth quarter this year, as well as a couple of products in the works for next year. Um, so, uh, you know, I can't I can't say what's going into the prize pack, but we're going to have some great stuff from High Speed Daddy. That'll that'll get announced as soon as it's made public. <laughs> so we're going to work on it all year long to have yep. an awesome prize pack for whoever comes in. Uh, one of the things we do, we want more people to start competing. And I think you'll start competing if you think you can win cool stuff. Because understand, this entire thing is an introductory, friendly competition. This is not IDPA. This is not IPSEC or any of that stuff. It's just fun. It's a skill set thing, though. You have to be able to shoot. But more importantly, you have to be able to be safe and have fun. And that's the important part. We just want to get you to the range to have fun with firearms. And that's really right. the whole thing. And a lot of these guys have said that it, you know, participating in the Miniman Challenge got them out shooting more. Um, you know, our, our big thing is always safety, fun, and camaraderie. And everybody's become best friends out of this. You know, even in the championship, when they realize, you know, there's, there's a significant prize package on the line. Um, Alan was having problems on one of his runs with the AR and one of the magazines hanging up. And who was it ran a magazine over to him? Armin. Armin already ran a magazine over to him. Nobody said anything. Armin saw it going on, was like, I know that's a bad mag. He put another mag down that was that was loaded up for uh for Alan to use. Alan swapped the mag out, got back in. That wouldn't have happened otherwise, right? He could have very easily just sat back and let Alan fumble and fumble and fumble run up the clock and get himself eliminated in that, that first round. And we didn't do that. Right. Everybody, everybody kind of takes care of each other, hooks each other up. Um, and you see stuff like that all the time. People load mags for each other, you know, people help each other tape targets, just all of it. It's really, really good. Um, so the, the camaraderie is the big, biggest part of it. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that that, that has been a, uh, a success on our part. That was one of our big goals. And that's one of the things that's absolutely connected in putting together the Minuteman Challenge. And uh, for me, that's what I think is the coolest thing is everybody's really, really dug into it, made a lot of good friends, and, and they're having a good time. So, yeah, I mean, everything we're doing is actually trying to grow the shooting community, um, increase the people coming together. And it's hilarious because you don't think about it, but yes, it was people of all different backgrounds out there, all different jobs all different, I'm assuming, social structure. You know, I have no idea. I just never asked because it's guys having fun. It's just that stuff becomes not important. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's like... Yeah. It really is open to anybody, right? If, if uh, 10 years or older, I think, because that's the, the minimum requirement for the range. But mm -hmm. if you're old enough to shoot on the range, you're welcome in this competition. And if you don't have a gun to shoot that's, that meets the criteria for the individual event, contact us over. Tony and I have a couple of guns. <laughs> we, can, 
we can always work something out that you can use one of our firearms for the for the Minuteman challenge if you want. Yeah, it's not your gun. You're going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage, but realistically, um, and and we've talked about it on on other episodes. We've had people buy guns on the way to the event to shoot at the event. Um, yeah, so you're you're not necessarily that far behind the curve as you may think. Um, <laughs> if you're nervous about competing, don't be. Everybody fudges this up. We've had a lot of people come out and and realize, wow, I need to practice a lot more. You know, the, the, you hear that beep the first time and everything you think you knew about that gun trickles out your ears and stains your shirt. Um, don't be discouraged by that. Come out, just have a good time and, and get some trigger time, right? Something different than just standing in the port and throwing rounds downrange, right? Not necessarily a class, not necessarily a training, but I guarantee you're going to have a good time. Yep. That's the way I look at it. I see that as just growing the sport, growing a growing a sport. It, it's nothing really complicated. It's not a lot of rules, and it's definitely not a lot of money and gear. It's no. what you already have, and and that's the important part. It's what you already have. If you go to the range with more than three magazines, you're good to go. <laughs> when so if, you're, if you're hardcore and you've got like a dozen guns, right? You've probably got a little bit of everything. And that's what we try to do throughout the season is we create an event for whatever it is you like to shoot, right? If you like shooting handgun, we do one that's handgun only. If you like shooting AR-15s, we do one that's AR-15s. If you like shooting rimfire, there's a rimfire challenge, right? If you're somebody who's got a whole bunch of guns, you might want to do the season pass and just come to all of them. Um, Armin, Ray... Angelo, who else had a season pass this year? I think that was those three. The three of them. Um, yeah. But they said, you know, it was it was well worth it. They enjoyed going to everything. They enjoyed having the opportunity to, to dust off a gun that maybe they haven't shot in a couple of years and run that. Angelo brought out stuff just to be silly at one point because he wasn't worried about it. He, he scored a chip early on in the season and was like, well, I'm in the championship, so – I can goof off with this one and I just want to shoot these. So that's what he did. Um, but again, it, it kind of gets you out. And as, as much as we hound on people, you need to shoot more, you need to practice more, you need to train more, just come out and do something. Something's better than nothing. So we make it fun and exciting for you. And gosh, maybe if you're really good, you get to win something at the end of the year. <laughs> All right, guys, that was it. That's what's going on with the Minuteman Challenge Chip Holder Championship for 2018. The season is over. As soon as we have... Congratulations, Jesse Stratowski, our 2018 Minuteman Challenge champion. Uh, as soon as we have dates, we will be posting them on MinutemanChallenge.com. We'll be posting them on the Minuteman Challenge Facebook page. I'll have them on Simon Says Train. The second is for everyone, and I'm sure Sean will have them on Black Bag Resources. Yep. And he'll have it on BlackBagResources.com so you can purchase your tickets. So we can't wait for the 2019 season to start. Again, the search for us for more sponsors and cool stuff will happen during 2019 so nothing will be the same even if you competed last year and the year before this year is going to be this coming year will be different oh yeah i promise to throw more sadist marksmanship at you we will come up with more twisted ways to challenge your skills and abilities 
just like we did all through this season. Um, and that's part of the fun for me and Tony because we don't get to shoot. So we have to come up with creative ways to kind of torment you a little bit. <laughs> yep. If you're listening and you'd like to sponsor the event, feel free to reach out to me or Tony and let us know what you want to throw in the prize pack. Exactly. Yep. And you can reach us at uh, Tony at diversityshoot.com or Sean at blackbagresources.com. Yep. All right. We'll be we'll back. Be happy to with every episode throughout the year. Exactly. So we'll come back with legislation in a second. I don't want to. Yeah, who you tell her? <laughs> Matador Arms is one of our sponsors, and they make great products for the SKS, the AR, and the Ruger 1022. I've been enjoying my SKS installed in their Sabretooth Mark II chassis, but at the end of the year, I'm returning it to its original configuration so I can compete in a historical firearms competition. That's the great thing about their chassis. You don't have to make permanent changes to your SKS. They make high quality accessories for your firearms that won't break the bank. If you wanna check out what they make, you can visit their website and if you wanna purchase something, you can go to blackbagresources.com and pick it up there. Thanks for your time. And check out matadorarms.com. Welcome to episode 43, Second Ish for Everyone podcast. This one is called All the Chips. Uh, we're going into the legislature, le- legislative portion of the show. But before we get started, want to go ahead and talk about the horrible tragedy of the shooting of the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, PA. Since the last time we've spoken, 11 people lost their lives when an evil human being came in and decided to snuff them out. As always. This is becoming the hot new target. And again, because the active shooter likes to target uh, as many unarmed victims as possible, the new target has kind of become churches, right? We've we've seen this trend in the last couple of years. Um, More and more churches are developing security teams in response to this. uh, talking to, to David Rosenthal from CNJFO, he's been contacted by a couple of different uh, organizations of various religions um, looking to increase security at their place of worship. Um, yeah, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, but I think uh, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Oh, well, it's, it's what you say about any human tragedy, any senseless loss of life. We're human beings. And because people got killed, excuse me, murdered for no reason whatsoever, except the insanity of one person, the evilness of one person. It's a horrible loss of life. Now, one of the bad things is everybody immediately goes to the politics. Of course, we get attacked as firearms owners. And there's all of a sudden a push for legislation yet again. And then we have to defend ourselves in the Second Amendment. And what's really lost are the lives. What's lost in it are the things we can all learn from this. Like there is no safe space. Like you should really, really um, have some first aid skills. You should really 
really, if you can and you live into in an area that you can carry, carry because safety and security are feelings. They're not facts. You should be able to defend yourself and your family at any time. You should have the ability to apply medical care to your friends and family because it was 20 minutes before the police showed up and took this guy out. That's crazy. And even that, there was a standoff. Yes. They they traded shots back and forth. You should have a skill set. You should have a plan. If you don't have a firearm, you should have a plan to get away. You should also have a plan to fight for your life and make them pay dearly. There's a lot going on out there, but every time something like this happens, pro-gun people are really just attacked on that one thing, and you lose all the lessons that we can learn as a people. As someone has been doing security, physical security, and security in general since 1993, actually even before that, every time there's a shooting like that, there's a mad scramble for people to put security procedures in place and then they get lackadaisical with them and then they go away. No one wants to set up something permanent because, because security is inconvenient. And it's security. uncomfortable to even have the conversation that, hey, here's something terrible that might happen and how do we respond to it? But I think it's critically important that if you are in charge of anything, take that part of your responsibility to your congregation or your group, or your organization very, very seriously. Anywhere where people gather, you need to have a safety plan, you need to have a protection plan, and you need to have a plan to respond to injuries, right? First aid, CPR, all of those things are are critically important. And unfortunately, um, I think having BCOM, bleeding control, uh, should definitely be a part of that. Tourniquets, quick plot, all that stuff. That should be part of your organization's plan, but as an individual, that should be your responsibility too. And if you're part of that congregation, maybe you should bring it up. You should bring it up, but understand, it's uncomfortable for people to talk about this because it always happens to the other person. I've spent over a quarter of a century with people talking about, I couldn't believe it happened to me. Yes, it it will happen to you, sweetheart. Um, So, yes, that happens. You can't depend on an organization taking care of you. You have to take care of yourself. Reason being, organizations will see security team as people that are either money suck, that they're paying to be there, or they're people that look as if they're doing, if they're doing their job, they look as if they're doing nothing at all. So now you just have extra people to put on working parties that have nothing to do with security. So, so that's what that's what happens to security at places a lot because they're taken for granted, especially if nothing has happened. So, I mean, <clears throat> this is a horrible tragedy. Um, I really do believe if I believe there is no safe places, you cannot stop this from happening, but you can stop it as soon as it starts happening. You can curtail this. If there was a security team in place, who knows what would have happened, but we know more than likely it would not have been a 20-minute standoff with police where people were killed. And that's almost every one of these situations. If there was a security precaution set up in these churches, these things would not have happened like they did with such a high loss of life. 
my heart. I, I guess if you if you need the sound bite, the best way to stop an active shooter is to shoot back. Yeah, right? I mean, if, if we're gonna, I'll I'll say this, and we'll let this be the last thing, and then we'll move on. But active shooters are nothing more than the ultimate manifestation of bullies. As soon as you fight back, they shut down. Either they turn the gun on themselves or they give up. Fight back. Victims who fight back live longer. The best way to stop an active shooter is to shoot back. That's that. All right, let's move on to the legislation portion. In legislation this time, uh, there was supposed to be a blue tsunami, a red wave, uh, a, a, a plaid blanket. I don't know. Something was supposed to happen on Tuesday. And what happened? Green Giant. I, I don't know. Yik, yak, tallywhack, give my dog a bone. Oh, <clears throat> I, I'm so tired of the hyperbole online. So let me just go into it. New Jersey. Yep. They elected Senator Menendez. Uh, yes, that's right. The child molester one. Um, so he gets to sit around and dictate stuff from, you know, on high for the next, I think it's six year term, isn't it? Yep. Um, let me see. Republicans won three seats in the Senate and lost control of the house. So, Hey guys, remember all that stuff? Everyone was talking about national reciprocity and the hearing protection act that all the Republicans were supposed to get done because they had both houses in the presidency and, Gun owners didn't demand anything, and they all sat on their butts. Well, hey, guess what? You're going to be busy for the next couple of years trying to fight off everything. <laughs> uh, you did it to yourself. And let me tell you something really messed up what happened in Washington State because people did not pay attention. I, 1639 passed. What's I, 1639? I told you about that before. Well, right now, <clears throat> that passed, and in Washington State, there's going to be a $20 fee on every semi-automatic rifle because all of them just became assault rifles. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. Who says this doesn't? This isn't directed at the poor? Um, also, you have to have mandatory training every two years now. Yeah, you have to pay for that, too. Your medical. Well, my understanding is it's, it's being advanced. It was voted on. That doesn't make it law just yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the hope is that even if it does get passed, it'll be fought in the Supreme Court and struck down. Uh, you know how long that takes, so I'm not going to hold my breath. But um, I posted something today on Facebook, and Ryan Cross, who, who lives up that way, uh, hit me back and was like, look, this, this isn't in effect yet. Mm -hmm. So well, Here's the thing. If you voted it down, you wouldn't have to worry about it, but people don't come out to vote. Because... I'm tired of it. Anyway, yeah, you hear all kinds of excuses. All right, let's go back. Oh, yeah, yearly. More, more bad news in Pennsylvania. Governor Wolf is reelected, who's already promised an assault weapons ban and magazine capacity restriction. In the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, where the state constitution says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be questioned. And yet here we are with an anti-gun governor elected to a second term who has promised to do as much and gut that as possible. And uh, you're welcome Welcome to East New Jersey. Well, New York State, they reelected Governor Cuomo, who was an anti-gun governor, too, that passed the in New York Safe Act in the middle of the night. Yep, that idiot got back in, too. So there you go. There's your legislation. There's the silliness. That is what it is. If you're a gun owner and you didn't vote, congratulations. You didn't help. If you're someone that came out and voted party line and paid no attention to what was happening, it is what it is. All right, moving right along, we're going to come back. Is tinkling in their yoga pants with excitement. Mm -hmm. 
All right, we're going to come back with the Mad Minute. I think that's what we do next, right? Hey, if you say so. I don't know. All right. See you guys. Show, do whatever you want. I do what I want. All right, guys. See you in a minute. Bye. Welcome to episode 20. Oopsies. 43 of the Second is for Everyone podcast. This one's called All the Chips. And yes, we're going, coming in for Gear Whore. Gear Whore oh, this gear week whore. is. Yep. Yippee! Is the Remington 870 Wingmaster Riot Shotgun from the Ohio National Guard. That's right, girl. I pick one up. These came on sale a couple of weeks ago. I'd been wanting one of these for a while, um, an 870, but I wanted a good 870, a pre-Freedom Group 870. If you don't know, Freedom Group purchases a purchased a bunch of firearms companies and pretty much ruined them with poor quality control and bad managerial decisions. So I didn't want an 870 from under the control of these people. So when someone texted me and said, hey, you got to check this out. The Ohio National Guard is getting rid of 700 870s that they picked up in 1971 and were used in Ohio by the National Guard, also deployed during 9-11. They were deployed during Hurricane Katrina. I was like, yep, I'm on it. So I picked them up, and it's just awesome sauce. It's their wingmaster. If you don't know anything about Remington, they make three levels of guns. They make the Express, which is their budget or entry level pump shotgun, 12-gauge. Well, pump shotgun. Then they have the police. And then they have Wingmaster. Wingmaster's top of the line. It is blued finished. It is wood. And it just looks really cool. These particular ones also have an extended a magazine extension, a whole eight rounds. And it has a bayonet lug on it. Bead sight. And it's just all Ooh. classic 870. Yeah. So it has a bayonet lug. And it takes Vietnam and NATO, Vietnam era bayonets and the new NATO era M9 bayonets so uh, i'll get one of those one day because it just looks cool but these are really one of each of those so uh bring it out and we'll take some pictures but um do some photography (laughs) as we know i like shotguns um all of my shotguns are 870 clones so it works out really well. So I'll, I'll, I already know the setup. I already know where the controls are. And this is just an 870, but it's a top of the line 870 that's been in active duty with the military since 1971. I think they served up until about 12 to 15 years ago, something like that. I think it was. What's up? There's, there's a delay. Controls on a shotgun? Yeah. Sure. It's got a safety. Slide. How, how many bang switches? What are you talking about? Windage and elevate. How many controls you got on a shotgun? Makes no. Hey, welcome back, and that's what you get for giving me poop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just yank the feed right out. Oh, you shut him up. Ooh, what kind of controls on a shotgun? Yeah, yeah. Like firearms don't have controls. Why don't you shut your lips and mouth and face and lips? Okay. <sighs> okay. Anyway, <clears throat> it's pretty cool because they had the folding stocked version of these too. 
And I'd seen Tim on Military Channel shoot it and talk about how it felt like someone was punching him in the face and pulling his beard hair, beard hair at the same time. <laughs> <clears throat> and that kind of sucked the fun right out of that. Uh, uh-huh. the, cool, the cool part is they said they had like uh, uh, when they got those, the folder stock, because it's the old 80s folding stock, you know, look from the movie. So it folded up on top of the shotgun. Yep. It looks really cool. And I think they purchased two to three hundred of those. So all told, it, it was like a thousand dollar, a thousand unit purchase back in the nineteen seventies. And I think they got rid of them all. And the folding stock were very uncomfortable to shoot. I think they even have a longer length of pull. So no one really got issued those. So those look brand new. the regular shotguns were mine's not beat up but you can see some stock wear on it and it has a slight crack in the pump like slight it it doesn't even go all the way through conveniently it's an 870 so if you want replacement parts for it i'm pretty sure they're not going to be too difficult to find Uh, all over the place (laughs) i've already looked at stuff because what i'm thinking about doing is putting another wooden stock on it and just cutting that one down the youth model or purchasing just a straight youth model stock i like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting 17 different accessories Uh to 870 pretty much Oh, so that's what I have. Uh, have I shot it yet? Nope, not at all. Um, but And why am I doing a, a, a gear whore? Because it's gear, and it's awesome. And I just got it, <laughs> and I wanted to tell people about it. And I love it, and I touch it every night, and I rub it with a diaper, and I kiss it goodnight before I go to bed. Nope, I do that with my revolver. I just... Uh, you don't kiss your revolver. You wouldn't let anything touch no. that. Sully no, the my, my lips don't touch that. No. Patriot gun polishing in Florida. <laughs> From Patriot gun polishing. If you want your gun polish, you can contact Patriot gun polishing too. Usually hit them up with a DM. Um, But yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a fun shotgun. Man, is it smooth. I mean, it should be at this point. And, and the cool part is, again, it's an 870. Uh, I think um, I was reading about it. There have been over... 10 million of them produced. So, yeah, there, there's there's spare parts out there. <laughs> there's new parts four out there. Three or four. <laughs> there, there are new parts out there, so you're good to go with that. So um, we can slide directly from this gear hoard because, really, it's only gushing about an 870 shotgun, which, that means 12-gauge. Right. Everybody knows right. about it. Uh, yep. We can go right into the Mad Minute. Mad Minute this yep. time. Yes. It is about what are you doing? Stop it. It's about <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, you're so annoying. You're so annoying. Oh, Mad Minute this time is talking about some of the flack I saw online. Luckily, I was working in the election, so I really didn't get to see some of the stuff that people were posting. But I've seen a lot of my friends and people I know are frustrated with the whole election system, and they feel it's a waste of time. Some of them don't want to vote. Um, And a lot of, of course, Second Amendment people screaming how important voting is because, as we saw, what happens with anti-gun governors and anti-gun bills being pushed through. But some gun people are tired of it, and they and they give pushback, and they don't want to hear it, and they don't want to vote, and they don't want to be a part of that process. So I woke up this morning after working at the election polls for 
many, many, many hours. I think it starts, I mean, we have to be there at 5.15 and we leave pretty much well after 8.30 at night. It's a long day. So I started writing this morning about freedom. I got ticked. And I was talking about a lot of people died for you to have this ability to go vote. Generations, many people from many generations died, went to prison, lost everything they owned because of this freedom that some people choose not to exercise. And what is wrong with you not doing this? There are places in the world where they wish they could vote for their representation. And you're just sitting at home because you're mad about it, because it's not perfect. And then I realized freedom means they can sit at home and not vote. Freedom means they don't have to worry about it because they don't want to, because they're free not to. And that's true. If you don't want to vote, you don't have to vote and you have that freedom. But understand, with that freedom still comes responsibility. You had a freedom not to do anything, but that's not going to make you free from the consequences of not doing anything. So sure, set it home. You have the right to do that. And if anybody tells you don't, they're wrong. Anyone tries to bully you, they should stop. But I can tell you this, you're not helping. You're not helping at all. A lot of us like going out and introducing people to firearms, getting people going. And that's a type of activism. That That's actively getting off your butt and, and actually introducing people to something. But understand, that's the fun part. That's not the hard work part. That's not the taking a day off and going down and protesting. And really, if you took a day off and went to protest, but you didn't go vote, you know you did it a little bit backwards, right? You, you, the action you take is not reelecting or electing people that step on your rights. Standing outside with a sign just lets people know you're upset, but it really means nothing. Voting them out of their cushy jobs means something. There's work to do, and you're free to help or not help, but you're not free from those consequences. So when things don't work out for you and your rights are taken and you become a felon because a politician said so, understand you didn't help stop that from happening. So all your selfies and the cool gun pics on your IG account and everything else, not really going to help. I guess it'll give them a starting place and know what to come look for when they come to your house. (laughs) But outside of that, you didn't help. But you're free not to. Welcome to America. That's why people also made those sacrifices. So you can choose to do something, to take advantage of all the opportunities this country offers, or sit on your butt and binge watch Big Mouth on Netflix. It's up to you. That's the mad minute. I just want to put it out there to you guys. Yeah, you season two of Big Mouth was filled with propaganda. So we'll just leave that one alone. But <laughs> I, I haven't gotten past the second one yet. Uh, the Dude, second show in the second season. It gets real preachy. You're the mandate. Yeah, so, no. um, oh, really? Yeah, anyway, whatever. That You'll was see. a mad minute. <laughs> that was a mad minute. Uh, it's a little 
it's a little upsetting when friends of yours don't want to step up and do it, but I do understand when you just have it beat down on you all the time how important yeah, it you, is. You just get tired of it and you need to check out, right? And and if you got to do that for your own mental health, then I kind of go, okay. Um, at the same time, I go, it, you really shouldn't have to worry about your rights being voted away, but the reality is that's what people are doing, Right. The way the Second Amendment is written, it should be untouchable. And yet, there are thousands upon thousands of restrictions all the time, new stuff coming up all the time. It's under attack all the time. And there are politicians that run on just the platform of attacking the Second Amendment. So unfortunately, the reality is we need your votes. We need you to get out and participate in that process as flawed and as broken as it is um understand those are the rules we're playing by at this point so unfortunately you have to operate within that that environment <laughs> oh and let me you throw something to, at. better run for office no nah, you uh, listen if voting's too much for them running for office ain't gonna be something they do so let's just stop <laughs> <laughs> That's like, hey, you got your GED. Now you can go to college. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> let me go ahead and put this out there also as someone who works the election polls and have for the last 15 years. Because you said at home, especially people who th think they're smarter because they're not dumb enough to go waste their vote. I've helped some of the stupidest people you've ever met come into the polling place. They don't even know why they're there. Some thought they were voting for the president yesterday. Oh, my God. They thought they were going to get rid of Trump. Um, some people couldn't spell Mickey Mouse because they put it down as their write-in vote. Some people hadn't looked at the ballot until they got there and didn't even know what they were voting on. Mikey Moose. So understand something. You sitting at home, those people... Those people that I just talked about picked who leads your country. They pick the people who gets to determine how much of your paycheck you get after they go through it. Because you're such a genius, you sit at home and let a window licker vote on who runs your life. Congratulations. <laughs> you smart. <laughs> oh, it's a little frustrating. On the other hand, um, and I said this before the presidential election, um, those people, whoever they are, still represent me and they're going to get an earful from me no matter who they are. Right. I don't care what party they're from. I don't care what their belief is. They are representatives, uh -huh. duly appointed representatives who still must represent my interests. Uh, <laughs> and it behooves me to let them know what my interests are. Word. So use the NRA ILA app to contact your legislators and give them an earful. Always. I finally got a letter back from Senator Cory Booker. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, yes. It was wonderful. He told me how he believed uh, Dr. Ford and didn't believe Kavanaugh. And we have to look into every accusation. This is right before he was accused. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, this, this is right before he himself was accused of 
uh, sexually assaulting someone. So, yes, that's right. Tony's writing him a letter going, thank you for writing me back. I really appreciate you getting back to your constituents. And I'm sure since you totally believe every accusation should be looked into by the FBI, you will will cooperate cooperate (laughs) with the FBI when they come asking you about what happened in the men's room at a party three years ago. Anyway, (laughs) we're done here, and we're going to come back with training concepts. How do these people not just run for office but even show their faces in public? Show their faces in public. How do you brush your looking in the mirror? All right. Be right back. Crudo knives when what you carry matters. My co-host Sean turned us all on to Kudo knives during the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania earlier this year. I've heard nothing but good things from our friends about these knives. I've been testing the Krona for review, and the fit, finish, clearances, and tolerances show the quality of this knife. These knives are designed in America and made overseas of quality steel. They are not sold until the Crudos themselves check each knife to make sure they measure up to their expectations. Looking to buy a solid knife at a good price? Buy a Crudo. Visit blackbagresources.com and get yours today. Two large pies, one plain, one pepperoni, uh, a bottle of Pepsi, and do you have those little cinnamon twist thingies? Hello? (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Wow, picking up a snack, buddy? I'm hungry. (laughs) Welcome to episode 43, All the Chips. It's second is for everyone, and we're going into training concepts. Hey, hey. (laughs) <laughs> this training concept is actually brought to you by something I saw from my friend Greg Elephants of Active Response Training. He had a question. That's right, a question. And um, it was a really crazy story. A guy is off of work, but he goes down to where the restaurants are down near the mall anyway in downtown. And he's talking to a friend of his and he hears a lady screaming goes outside and sees the woman being stabbed by a man. He decides to intervene as a concealed carrier, pulls out his gun, and demands the man get off the woman. The guy gets off the lady and starts advancing on him, saying, shoot me. Shoot me. Go ahead and kill me. I want to die anyway. I've killed the only person I love. Shoot me. So the good Samaritan citizen starts backing away because he has room to back up and he's trying to convince the guy to put the knife down and the guy continually the attacker continually walks on the defender and tells him to shoot him according to the concealed carry holder he said it took forever no one was coming i was looking for help and i'm walking backwards because i don't want to kill this man so he walked backwards for quite a while according to him and another good Samaritan comes out, intercedes left, sprays knife-welded douchebag in the face with pepper spray. Police show up on scene, cuff douchebag, sends him to prison. His wife's alive or girlfriend's alive, baby's mama, whatever it is, she's alive. And the concealed carry holder is happy that he didn't have to ventilate someone. And Greg's question was this. What happens when you show up with a hammer and everything's not a nail? This guy intentionally wants you to kill him. He's advancing on you, 
telling you to shoot him. What do you do? Do you have some other method? Do you have a plan B? Have you trained for something other than shooting him with your gun? And I'm not saying that would have been wrong. He was advancing on you with a knife, but you knew what he was doing was just trying to get you to kill him because he didn't want to live anymore. It's up to you. And it's up to you in that particular situation. Do you go ahead and shoot the guy? Do you keep backing up? Do you have pepper spray? Do you have some other way to detain someone? Do you have a skill set? Can you knuckle up? Can you can you hold a guy? Can you put a guy in a hole? Can you wrestle someone? I mean, what do you know how to do? You really need to think about that when you become a concealed carry holder. What if everything isn't a gun problem? There's a confrontation, but it hasn't gotten to the point that you need to use a gun. And we've talked about this before. And Sean, your wife, your wife sells some gear for something like yeah. this. And we talk about it all the time about how pepper spraying someone is lower on a force continuum than actually hitting them with a Kubaton or putting your hands on them at all. Right. Do you carry it? If not, uh, me no no i i i'm not a fan of pepper spray personally um i think that's that's an individual choice but at 63 and 260 pounds i have other physical options other than pepper spray right um so that's what i choose to to utilize instead my wife on the other hand will carry pepper spray a stun gun uh, depending on where we are, uh, Kubaton firearm, she, she's got a lot of options and she stages them in a way that she's kind of already decided what she's going to use when, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, some people may look at that and go too many options, right? Narrow that down and simplify it. So you're not trying to make a choice. Oh, do I grab this or this or this or this? She's got all that worked out already, and I'm not. I'm not going to go into any more detail than that because that's that's more in her wheelhouse than mine. Um, me personally, I I look at that case and I go, I don't think anybody would have considered, unless you're completely rabidly anti-gun and anti-self-defense. I don't think anybody would look at that scenario and blame that concealed carry holder if, uh, after watching this man stab a woman. He then gets up and says, I'm going to cut you next. At that point, that's a lethal threat and can be met with lethal force in most states, right? I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, Yes, it it, it, most states, I I don't even know where that wouldn't be considered a lethal threat. You've already stabbed the woman who you just said you love. You don't know me. (laughs) But um, He, he killed the only person he loved. I'm just some dude from the store. Yeah. Right. You certainly like me a lot less than you liked her and you just murdered the hell out of her. So to me, one of the things this might reflect, and this is just Monday morning quarterback and people say they don't like doing that, but really that's why you do that. (laughs) There's an entire purpose behind Monday morning quarterback. So that's what we're doing here. I wonder did this guy ever 
in his mind of being a concealed carry holder really think about what it would constitute to make him cross that line to defend himself? Has he ever really thought about pulling the trigger to stop someone from hurting him? Because I wonder if that's the bigger issue, if, he, if he's been carrying this whole time uh, in the hopes that it was a magic talisman that would keep danger away. Yeah, um, because I'm watching it. He's walking back slowly. The guy's advancing on him slowly. Right. But there was not 21 feet between them. This could have ended really badly for the concealed carry holder that was holding a gun on a guy with a knife who'd already yeah. shown murderous intent. I'm not telling anyone they have to shoot. This is your own personal call. But what is your line? You really need to know what's the point of no return and that your bullets aren't magic. Your concealed carry piece probably will not drop someone right there on their feet. So now what happens if the guy's three steps away from you? You can pull the trigger all you want. It's not going to stop kinetic energy, and it may not hit anything vital to stop them immediately. So letting someone too close to you can get you killed too. And we're talking even with a shot in the vitals, a minute, yeah. two minutes of someone viciously slashing at you with a knife, bad move. Just saying. There's a lot more to this than you're going to carry a gun. You see some bad thing happening. You're going to pull your gun out. The guy's going to scream and run off. Might not work that way. Might not work that way. So you Yeah, need we've to talked about this before, too, is, is you know, uh, in, in a heterogeneous nation as ours, <laughs> where you've got people from all different backgrounds, some people come from countries where they've had guns pointed at them before. And it was a much bigger gun than the one you carry concealed. And the person that 30 round magazine was full auto, right? And the, and the, so they're not impressed by your 38 snub nose. And the person that was doing it, pointing the gun at them, wasn't frightened and wasn't backing up. Yeah. So, so understand, you don't know what your fight may look like. You don't know when it would happen. This guy was off and just dropped by work the BS with the fellas. He didn't think he would be walking into a stabbing and attempted murder and, and someone trying to commit suicide by using him and his firearm to do it. Unbelievable. Yeah. So get your head right. This is not a toy. This is not magic. This is not a wand. And you're not Superman. So you better put some thought into carrying this lethal weapon to step into lethal encounters. That was training concepts. Again, look up Greg Elephitz. His active response training, he has great articles there. And I think he does something called a mind dump every week. And it's just a lot of articles that are worth paying attention to. All right, we're going to go come back with gun culture. See you in a minute. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> to gun culture. You said that to her. Oh, shut your fool. You get me with that. Hey, um, <laughs> this is episode 43. All the chips. You suck. Oh, we're about to go into gun culture. Oh, man. That was hilarious. <laughs> what? 
Uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, another thing, a conversation that actually started on social media. A friend of mine, Tiffany, went into one of the firearms groups. I won't embarrass them because of their ignorance. And says, hey, how you doing? I'm new here. And I was just wondering, do you guys take training or how much training do you take? And if you don't take training, why not? Oh, it was awesome. Because this is one of the groups that I post in that people ask, why would they ever take training? Why would they ever take a low light class? And their answers to her, I have to give it to you because her face off. Well, right, one, right. not knowing who she is, trying to melt her face off. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no clue yeah. she is, which which is great. Uh, Tiff is a firearms instructor. Uh, was w- one of those uh, people that didn't know anything about firearms. Actually, was anti-gun. She was anti. Listen here, little lady. And uh, she decided that she was tired of being anti-gun and ignorant. So she was going to go down to her local gun range, find out what these things were about and give them a piece of her mind. And she ended up walking into range masters with Tom Givens. And that was her first, first <laughs> class. So yeah, she's um, an adjunct instructor with him now. <laughs> and, and, and Jess is one of the nicest, funniest, smartest, best firearms instructors you can ever meet. And uh, anyway, she goes there and she talks. She 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 questions these people, and the answers are glorious in their ignorance. Well, I hunt it. I hunt, so I don't need to take any class because I know how to defend my family uh, from a deer it, it's, or pheasant. The other one was uh, another one was uh, I was in the military, and uh, I got trained there, and I don't need to be. Listen to any civilian firearms instructor trying to tell me what to do. Three weeks, 30 years ago. And uh, it, it was all along that line. And there was like maybe one or two people. One guy said he, you know, actively competes in IDPA and IPSEC and he's taking training. And one more person said they'd taken training. But pretty much it was a bunch of dudes who thought because they hunt – they know how to defend their family. And uh, one of the guys, oh, uh, and this was someone I picked up somewhere else, I think, or might have been that one. Oh, I shoot shotgun. I, I shoot clays. So I, I should know how to handle a firearm for home defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I shoot thousands of clays a year. If, uh, if you're ever attacked by little orange, four-inch flying saucers, that run at you when you scream pull. Yes. So you are you are well read, sir. Understand this this gun culture is stop believing that you have skills because you're good at one firearms related sport or activity that have to do with self defense or armed self defense. Because it's a lot more than you think. A lot more goes into armed self-defense than your ability to pull the trigger on a target. Like, getting to that point. How do you get your gun pointed at the target? You hunt. You hunt in the woods. You aim in safe directions. If there's other hunters about, you know where they are. They're not as in close proximity as you are to your family in a home when you're wielding a firearm. You don't really have to take into account 
how closely. No one's around you when you're pulling the trigger for the most part. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not so in your home and in your neighborhood. So just because you have skills at one does not mean it will directly translate into being skilled at the other one. Because when you go hunting, you're intentionally out hunting. It's not going to surprise you. You're not, you shouldn't be in your Superman underoos with a shotgun trying to figure out what that noise was downstairs. Just saying. It's a little more complex than you think. Don't get yeah, I'm in my Spider-Man underoos. Don't get yourself killed. <laughs> Don't get yourself killed, your family killed, or shoot someone in your family that you didn't mean to shoot because you had no idea, no way of identifying the target because you don't use a flashlight or a white light or weapons-mounted light um, when you go hunting or shooting clays or anything else. Or the military didn't teach you that in 1982 when you went through Fort Jackson to learn to be a cook. Just saying. Some people also believe in their own BS that they went through boot camp and then got a non-combat job. But they've been telling their friends for so long that they were trained with firearms that they think they were really trained with firearms. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. And even if you were in combat arms, unless you were showed how to or instructed on how to fight house to house by yourself, which you weren't, you don't have some of those skills as a citizen, as someone who's no longer in the military. I can't clear my house. Like I was taught to clear a friggin' room when I was in the military. My wife get mad. If I leave a mess, she'd get really ticked. If I threw a grenade in the room first, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we don't cook grenades off in the room. So, no, those skills do not directly convert. So stop with your BS, take some training, and find out what you don't know. Because that's one of the bigger problems, is, is a lot of people think they know things based on nothing. You don't even know what's in the tactical class. You probably haven't even read the description of what goes on in the class. And I do have to admit some class description are vague. But truthfully, as someone who's written class descriptions, they have to be. Because some of you people think you know everything and you know nothing. And there are others that will try to steal your class ideas just from your descriptions and run them themselves. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. <laughs> very same gun people that will give you your wallet if you drop it in the parking lot will steal every idea you have if left alone into their own devices but that's going into other areas but what I really want to say is take training if you were former military take training because stuff has advanced since the last time you were in um, even if even if you're a former cop, because I love the cops that think, listen, I was a police officer for 30 years. Yeah. All you did was qualify every year. You didn't really get training. You just qualified shooting that target every year. People don't <laughs> use the cops anymore. TJ Hooker. Here's one for you, Tony. Uh, if you were part of an agency or organization that wears a uniform and the uniform no longer looks like the uniform you wore, chances are they've tr changed the training. You might want to take new training. Yep. 
Yeah, if you change the total uniform, yeah, yeah, you might want to trade. <laughs> That's funny. If a Sam Brown belt is no longer used. <laughs> if the camouflage pattern you were issued is no longer issued. <laughs> if the knife stick is no longer made of wood. <clears throat> oh, man. If, if they no longer call them radio cars. Nice. You may need some more training. All right, guys. I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> you up? had to shine your boots, and they don't shine boots anymore. Oh, that's just me. Some other <laughs> things have changed. Uh, yes, 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 yes. All right, guys. So we'll be back. Going to talk about what's next. Get some listener feedback. We got some. That's right. Oh, so talk to you in a few. Bye. Thanks for all. I'd like to take a minute to talk about High Point Firearms. I purchased my own High Point 40 Cal Smith & Wesson pistol and wrote a review about it on the firearmsinsider.tv. I stand behind every positive word I said in that review. High Point has supported the diversity shoot with swag, hats, t-shirts, and in the last year, carbines. They're an American company with a lifetime warranty on their products and a price that can't be beat. If you want a range gun, a truck gun, or an inexpensive self-defense firearm, you should look into High Point pistols and carbines. Welcome to episode 43, All the Chips. Got some feedback. Let me read it. This is from Tom Dog. What's up, Tom Dog? And this is from iTunes. I wanted to get that out there. I just remembered I didn't really say where it was from. Uh, just listened to the podcast for the first time and have to say, great job. One thing I would add and continually haunts me is it's not it's not that it costs too much, but you can't afford it. Keep up the good work. Oh, this is in regards to episode 42, Stop Being Poor. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this is from the NRA forum, and it's by Kitty from iTunes. Great to support and listen to amazing topics about 2A. It is for everyone. As a local New Jersey resident, the podcast has many topics related to the state and places to attend. Funny and informative. Good mix. And whoop, there it is. There you go. Hold on, hold on. Uh, you, you, you just played yourself. You admitted you're in New Jersey. So we expect to see you at the next diversity shoot on December 6th. At Gun for Hire Range in Woodland Park. That's right, Kitty. Hopefully you can make it. If not, hey, shoot me an email. Who knows where you live in Jersey, but you can let me know. Now, We'd I don't love know to if... meet you in person. Talk yep. to Hugger. Yeah, sadly, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have another one. Called, it says, awesome show. All these are five stars, by the way, and I really appreciate it, guys. This is from Jake and Bob 1. Tony and Sean are awesome. I really enjoy the information they provide. I enjoy how they reach out to the community and help people understand how to be safe with firearms. Getting more people into the community in a positive and accept in a positive and accepting was is the best idea. Somebody was doing two different sentences. Hate when that happens. If you want to know more about the Second Amendment and how your rights are being attacked, listen to this podcast. Get a real outlook on firearms community. And have a few laugh as Tony and Sean have a good time at each other's expense. Great job and keep up the good work. 
Well, Jake and Bob won. Even though your sentence structure fell apart, it's okay, buddy. I appreciate the sentiment. Um, I- first of all, first of all, Jake and Bob won. Uh, I don't know who you think you are mentioning me in your comments. That isn't <laughs> done. And shame on everyone who commented this evening for not wrapping up their message with "Thank you, Tony, for all that you do." You have all let Tony down and should be embarrassed. And thank you for your five-star reviews on iTunes. <laughs> That's okay, everyone. You can put out more five-star reviews on iTunes. And thank me for all. You know how bad it is now? I'm Get it right. I- Stick to the script. <laughs> I'm on the NRAILA app. And um, I'll post something from one of our events. And people go, hey, thank you for all that you do. And I'm wondering... Do they listen to the podcast and they're laughingly put in thank you for all that you do, or do they mean thank you for all that you do? Well, this this is why I love the fact that I've made a joke out of it because now it's got you doubting yourself. <laughs> it's now it's just a head game. Are they really thanking me? Do they mean it? Or is it because it's Sean and his nonsense and now they're doing it to make fun of me? <laughs> oh, I don't think it's making fun of me. I just think it's awesome that it's making fun of you. So that's why I think it's funny. <laughs> oh, it's not making fun least. of one of us. <laughs> yeah, not in the least do I think it's making fun of me. <laughs> uh, you're I'm an like, insufferable egomaniac, aren't you? Love me. They really do love me. <laughs> Let's talk about what's next. Coming up next is November 18th, Fundamental Handgun. How's that for a name? Because Ben the Bullet, Sean was wine. It's it's a little more than fundamental. Let's call it the Intensive Handgun Clinic. How's that? Because uh, it's going to be a small group. You're going to get lots of one-on-one instruction. We'll be able to work with you on whatever specifics you have going on. Uh, You'll have both myself and Tony there. And we'll be able to hammer out all kinds of good stuff with you. So this one will be intense. It's going to be about four hours. It's all shooting. So dig in. There you go. The intense, fundamental, hot handgun shooting blast. Of, Curve uh, the bullet, mall ninja. <laughs> solo upside down, reverse inverted, Spider-Man fast roping, secret ninja squirrel. What? Hashtag hand solo shot first. All right, that's going to be November 18th. That's our handgun class. going to be at Fort Dix, New Jersey. Uh, December 6th, diversity shoot is going to be held at Gun for Hire Range in Woodland Park, 6 p.m. Come out, have fun, eat pizza, win prizes, meet new people, shoot guns. That's what we do. Have fun, learn about your Second Amendment rights, and pick up a flyer from ANJRPC. Check out their newsletter. I'll be giving them out for free. Yeah, I'm not talking about this one. Okay. I'm wearing a disguise and I'm going and I'm buying raffle tickets and I'm having a good time and I'm going to shoot guns and eat pizza and just enjoy myself for a change. Yeah, sure. That You do that, buddy. <laughs> anyway, thanks you guys for listening to the show. Thanks for coming up to the podcast. If you want to contribute, help us out, appreciate this podcast and want to help it, you can go to the Second is for Everyone podcast on Patreon and donate there. $5 and be above patrons will be put into a raffle to win really cool prizes, including limited edition, limited edition, serialized knives. You also get a chance to win the Wheel of Freedom made by New Jersey Concealment Furniture. That thing is awesome. Yes, it is awesome. 
Um, also, some other things we're working on that are going to be really cool. It opens you up for it. So go to Patreon, $5 and above. When you donate there, you're in line for some prizes. You can follow us on Twitter at Second for Everyone on Twitter. That's our handle there. I looked it up. <laughs> or you can just... <laughs> Yep, had to. Or you can just type in Tony Simon and I'll come up there too. Uh, second is for everyone. We also have a GoFundMe, so you can donate that way. That's really appreciated. If you want to own one of our shirts, you can go to 1022clothing.us. 1022clothing.us. Why? Because we have clothing for the bigger dude. That's right. All the way up to 6X. You can get our shirts and support what we do. If you want to communicate with us, you can contact Sean on Facebook at Black Bag Resources. You can also contact me on Simon Says Train. And the second is for everyone. You want to email us? It's Sean at Black Bag Resources. It's Tony at DiversityShoot.com. I really appreciate you guys listening every week or as close to every week as we can get. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening to episode 43, All the Chips. Hey, Sean, get us out of here. Felicia, get to the chopper. Oh, you suck as a human being. Did that up, guys. <laughs>